When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Penn State football just weeks away from the start of training camp for 2023. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, Ryan Snyder here on the BWI Live Recruiting Show. Things are cooling down a little bit, but that doesn't mean that there's nothing going on. We're going to be talking about Penn State football recruiting, what's coming up, some things that maybe haven't happened yet. Sean Fitz is going to join us a little bit later in the show to talk about uh, those things. But Ryan, starting off the bat, um, how are things with the kids this summer? Or have you gone crazy yet? Well, next week. Yeah. Uh, next week, the, the whole daycare shuts down because they, everybody has to go on vacation. Like the teachers, I guess, all go on vacation next week, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. I, that wasn't the way it was when we still lived in State College. So, yeah, next week will be hard. Um, if I'm not on the show next week, guys, you, you know you know why. Because uh, I have two little ones home. My wife has to travel a little bit next week as well so we'll see we'll, we'll try and figure out the schedules but we had a great weekend though it was good hanging out with family friends all that stuff what'd you do this weekend anything fun uh we got into another home renovation project so we did oh, a lot yes. of painting you should start your own tv show by now t frank sorry yeah we're well it would be hey don't do it this way with t frank uh <laughs> we're redoing our stairs and i am terrified of this one because the, the 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 things that you use that you get from the store, like the the retread things where you put on a stair cap, they're mm-hmm. designed to go into stairs that have risers on both sides. Um, but we have a split level, so I have to figure out how to make all this look nice with one end showing, and I have no idea how I'm going to do that. But <laughs> we're going to find out because uh, I'm having my family over in August for like our second ever family reunion i'm hosting this year so uh trying to be the most impressive uh that i can be and trying getting all this done before then because it's gonna be pretty ridiculous if i just have like construction level stairs going into my house with all my family over so you know the time that i i've learned from doing the you know this reporting doing television things like this i only work on deadlines so It'll get done. We'll just we'll we'll find out later what it looks like. Sounds good. Yeah. Good luck with that. I don't know what to tell you. I just outsource. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I uh, I'm stubborn, so it will be done. However, it's done. It will be done. Um, some news this week coming from Penn State football. You were, uh, I believe, today reporting on a little bit of movement with Penn State football commits. So tell us what's going on here. Yeah, just just two guys on the move. Uh, Josiah Brown, that wasn't really a secret. Uh, of course, wide receiver out of Long Island. Holy Trinity, he wouldn't have been able to enroll early. Uh, so he's going back to his hometown school. I, I don't, Malvernian, I believe. I, I'm not Malvern. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce the school so I, or the town. So if anybody's watching, sorry about that. Um, that's a new school to me. Uh, maybe we will learn a little bit more this season, though. If I can make a trip up there, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that is really just kind of centered, centered around him wanting to be in campus here in January or, you know, upcoming after the season in January and then, you know, be here for spring practice next year. So that's that's the big part of that move. And then Xavier Gilliam, uh, he's going to go to Quince Orchard, uh, which is an uh, interesting move, obviously, because of Jalen yeah. Harvey. And, and you know, there's there's multiple players there, uh, you know, who, who, who Penn State's uh, in, in the mix with. So uh, I reached out to him to, to kind of get a feel for things last night. You can read the story on BWI. You know, he gave me a quote on – on the reason behind it and you know he just he said it's it's more just centered around his family moving and uh you know he actually he said he grew up in gaithersburg and uh you know his family's comfortable with there. columbia i mean I, i'm not a maryland expert i believe columbia is about you know 30 minutes or 30 miles or so east closer to baltimore so it's a little bit outside of baltimore closer to frederick but uh yeah so so he's he's heading to quince orchard to play with Jalen harvey so should be interesting there we'll see if that means anything down the road i, I don't I, 
I don't know how well they know each other. I, I should have probably followed up on that a little bit more. I mean, they, I know they know each other, but like, are they are they friends? You know, how how could it impact recruitments? Uh, tough tough to say at the moment, but we'll, we'll yeah. find out here soon enough. Jalen Harvey, of course, one of Penn State's top recruits left on the board for the 2024 recruiting cycle. We might talk about him a little bit later uh, in terms of the non-news that we've had so far this month. But I want to stay on uh, Gilliam for just one second because one thing that we know from his, uh, I think, his, his current situation over Wild Lake is the competition level is different. Going to Quince Orchard, are you interested to see a little bit more about Gilliam, get a little bit more information about his, uh, you know, when tested, what is his level of talent and competition? Sure. I'm I'm super interested in, in seeing all of that stuff this fall myself. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, they, they Quince Orchard plays a, a handful of top programs. I mean, last year, of course, they made it. They won uh, Maryland's 4A state championship last year, beating uh, Flowers um, down in Annapolis where they hold their state championships. And I'm sure they'll be very much in the mix. I still got to learn a little bit more about what they bring back, things like that. We're, that's really what August is for, trying to figure out, one, what games am I going to? And then, two, you know, who's who brings back what and what games do I got to figure out as far as like top matchups I got to attend. So that'll be something we kind of work on here in the weeks ahead. But um, yeah, no, I mean, obviously it's, it's a, it's a bit of a step up in competition. So uh, playing alongside Harvey too, you know, how are they able to, to mesh, you know, cause you know, Gilliam was pri is primarily an edge rusher. So is Harvey yeah. uh, high school level. I think a lot of people expect Gilliam to grow more inside down the road. We'll see. I mean, Gilliam certainly still wants to play edge so that'll be something to keep an eye on but uh yeah just how well those two play together uh certainly i mean we know we're going to quince orchard for a game this year that's that's a yeah lot. yeah that's for sure the the interesting thing uh with their defense is uh harvey plays a little bit inside so mm -hmm. they got two guys that because he's a little bit undersized i think everyone thinks of jalen harvey kind of as a pure speed rusher but he's got some size to him he's also like is he 250? Uh, he's he's pretty close to that so yeah i believe um, so I don't, I don't have his profile in front of me but i think that's about right Two guys, uh, that, that D-line is going to be pretty good with two guys that are kind of inside-outside, hybrid, versatile. I'll be interested to see how they play together as well. Uh, quickly back to Josiah Brown. With enrolling early, how important is that for the receiver room, which you know we're always talking about, but getting another guy in there, getting him in that first cycle, especially a guy that's a little bit undersized like Brown, um, is this like an imperative? Like how important was this decision for him and his future Penn State? I just think Penn State wants everybody enrolling early. You know, it doesn't, I don't think it's anything specific with him. Uh, I think, you know, there are certainly, you know, schools like McDonough, right? Like McDonough won't allow guys to enroll early. They've kind of accepted that. They have a lot of success with McDonough. It is what it is, but, um, you know, they, they want all their guys doing that if they can. And and this was a situation where, uh, you know, Josiah was was really open to it and, and willing to do what he had to do to make it work. So, yep. uh, you know, as far as like him getting on the field or anything sooner, I, I don't know. I mean, Penn State is going to be a massive step up compared to Long Island. Yeah, uh, I'm still kind of, you know, I, I would I, I personally would look at, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think Tysier probably would have a little bit of a better chance getting on the field. Just if you if you had to make me pick today. Um, yeah, I would kind of lean that way. But, uh, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll see, man. He might get on, on campus and, and, you know, be Omari Evans. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, you can't predict some of these things. Yeah. Christian in the chat says no Arts Fest. And uh, yes, I, I no. did go to Arts Fest this weekend, Christian. Um, and the reason I didn't talk about it earlier is because I wanted to tell you about something that changed my life recently. And that is bird dogs, bird dog shorts and uh, menswear they are the new presenting sponsor here of the BWI live recruiting show. And I went to Arts Fest and I was wearing a pair of the bird dogs they sent us. And he, you know, Ryan, you know what I didn't think about the entire time? Go my pants. <laughs> I didn't think about my pants once because they have this awesome built-in underwear. And you know when you're walking around a long time and if you, you got a little bit of thick leg rubbed down there, you know, they, I mean, they tend, go tend to here, rise up a little bit. I don't know if you want me to go on, but go on. <laughs> so so none of that happened. I I have been wearing these things constantly since they sent them to us. So uh, it they're, they're amazing. I just want to tell you that. And if you use the promo code BWI, birddogs.com backslash promo code BWI, um, you'll get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com backslash BWI for a free Yeti-style tumbler. Um, you won't want to take your bird dogs off. And I just want to tell you, like, they are the, the super comfort stretch stuff. Um, they want us to show 
this stuff on television, you know, here on the screen. They are as flexible, as comfy as you might expect. And they come in a bunch of different varieties and sizes. You can see my absolutely ridiculous modeling here because I couldn't stand Wait, this up. this is you? This is me. That's literally me on the back porch this morning. Yeah. You didn't what? know that? You, did, you couldn't recognize that? <laughs> I, warned, I warned Ryan uh, before the show started. There's some truly ridiculous video coming. Uh, but I wanted you to see. Literally, I they want are bird comfortable. Dogs now. I got it. Okay, new deal. Send me bird dogs, and I will do a video for August <laughs> of me texting. Yes, deal. please. Bird dogs. You hear this now? Send me shorts and pants, and I will do the same thing. Yeah, they are. They are truly awesome. I love high quality stuff and stuff that you only have to buy once. They they look a little wrinkly in the video because I literally, I'm not kidding. I've been wearing them every single day since they sent them so check them out once again i'll put the promo code here on the screen birddogs.com backslash b w i okay so that's the recruiting news that we've uh, got for today but we've been doing some really interesting and i think fun uh dives into non-news topics i love it when you guys get creative and you come up with some really great stuff so you've been doing five things to get excited for for the penn state recruiting class because mm -hmm. Um, there's, there's a lot in this class that I think we just talked about last week with the on through recruiting update. What have you been chronicling in this group that you think Penn State fans should be excited about? So this kind of just, I started this because, you know, obviously July, end of June through over the last, you know, two, two, two weeks or so in July, like people, I feel like a lot of fans have been like bummed out, right? Like they're missing right. out on some players, right? That happens. We see it every recruiting class. And, you know, I was talking to a source I had one day and he was like, dude, outside of two weeks, like we feel like we're crushing it. And, you know, it kind of was like, a, you know, they have been really good. And and I felt like just for and I get it, like it's after official visits. Expectations are high. Sean and I, I this is the bad thing when Sean and I are, are off on things. Right. Because we set these high, high, the high bars when, when players end up going elsewhere. Uh, fans get upset about it. But really, I mean. It, look, right now, they were just at number eight in the rankings. They dropped down just to 10 this week just because Florida State and Clemson got some guys. Penn State's going right. to move back up again when they get some guys. That's just how it works. Uh, but they're still a top 10 class in the country right now. And I, I really feel, you know, take away these last couple of weeks, I just I think fans need to keep things in perspective better. So i just been breaking down the last couple of days on – and really, it's been going on for like a week or two now. Uh, you know, just the reasons that stand out to me. And, and you know, I'll, I, I have to do the fifth part still. We'll leave the fifth part to subscribers who will get it uh, here either today or tomorrow. Uh, but the four so far, I mean, they've dominated the state, right? We talk about this yep. all the time. You know, they have the top three players in the state. They have – what is it, uh, six or seven of the top 15 or so? I mean, they have – and really what's interesting is, like, they only really missed on, like, one guy in state, it, Kevin Kevin Haywood. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to yep. think. I'm going to miss him one other. But, like, they haven't – they the guys Scott. they wanted in PA, like, they have truly landed those guys this year. So I thought that was really key. Um, two other things, Quinton Martin and the offensive line. Like, obviously, Quinton Martin was the – and still is, you know, the most important player in this class, I think – People are looking on three's rating and they, you know, they're always oh, outside the top 100, but like in Penn State size, like this is a, this is a almost a five-star player. I mean, he's kind of a borderline 24 seven has him as a top 50 guy. Very important player for Penn State. You landed him, you know, you, you got him over some other rival schools who were pushing. Uh, and the third thing, you know, stacking offensive line classes. I, I wrote the other day, like, you know, I've done this for 13 years now. I feel like if there's one thing that's been a kind of a theme over those years, it's that, Penn State's offensive line is often blamed as like the position group that's held them back the most, right? And right. We, you know, we definitely look at 2017. We look at that fourth quarter in Columbus and, you know, just yeah. how it all fell apart there. And that was the playoff year. That was the year. Um, and look, look at look at what they're doing here. You know, four straight, four or four signing four four-star players. Talk about a tongue twister. Uh, last year, you know, you got Garrett Sexton, you got Cooper Cousins in there, you have Egan Boyer. I think all three of those guys, Egan Boyer is not rated as high as Sexton and Cooper, but I think Penn State yeah. looks at all three of those guys as players who they feel very good about. And then you also have, of course, Caleb Brewer and Donovan Harbor. And Penn State feels very good about them too. I think just, you know, with, with Caleb Brewer, it's the same thing as Javen, right? He plays in a wing yep. tee. He's just going to need a little bit of more time. And then with Harbor, we've talked about it. You know, he's 330 plus pounds. He needs to lose a little weight. And I think Penn State, I want to clarify, Penn State feels great about all five of those guys, but I just look at those other three, Boyer, right. Cooper, uh, and Sexton. And, and actually, let me clarify, Sexton's going to need some time as well. I mean, he just started playing offensive line. His ceiling's just incredibly high, I feel. Uh, but those are, you know, the, 
they're they're just very excited about the offensive line classes they've done now. I mean, there there's a good chance they go and get another maybe a six guy. You're looking at ten offensive line prospects in the past two years that uh, you know they seem incredibly high on. So I think that was yeah. a big point. Um, and then can I jump evaluations? In, can I jump jump in here with that too? Take is it. that yeah. you know I, I tend to probably focus on this a little bit too much, but when I'm looking at these guys and you can't get four or five guys that only fit the same position, right? So you can't get a bunch of guys that are only interior players. You get a situation where maybe we could make this argument that Penn State's a little bit stocked too much at the interior right now, and they'd like to have one guy that has a little more tackle versatility. You look at these last two classes, Javen Williams, Alex Bershmeyer, excellent interior uh, prospects, and, and Javen playing left tackle, right? Um what you've got now is you've got length to go with all that athleticism and interior ability. So it's not just that they're stacking classes. I feel like they're complementary, and the talent is, as you pointed out, equal to, to mm -hmm. last season in terms of evaluation, ceiling, ability. I, I, I understand that they're not ready to go right now, but these two classes complement each other so well with the versatility of 20, uh, with, with both classes of 2023 and 2024. Right. So, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, all offensive line classes need time, right? And we can certainly look back on previous classes that had a bunch of four-star guys and they didn't translate. You know, I feel, and I think a lot of fans see this now. I mean, you know, Trout's first year, first year here, right? Everybody was, they, they were out to hang him, you know, at times, right? And then look, look at what they've done. They've just gotten consistently better the last three years. Uh, or they're expected to be better, obviously, this this upcoming year now. So uh, I think the the... As long as Trout continues to develop, guys, you look at the talent they're bringing in. Like this, I don't want to say it's going to become a strength. I mean, this year it certainly feels like it should be a strength, and and they'll yeah. have their ups and downs. But um, you know, I just think the 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 bar has been, I think, brought yep. up a little bit as far as what fans can expect there, and it'll take time, of course. But uh, there's reason to be excited. Uh, and then just just the fourth one, man, is just strong evaluations, right? And we really. I saved this one for last just because I felt like we really hit on this last week, you know, obviously with the rankings coming out and all those guys moving up. I mean, Penn state, I did, what, what was the math the other day? It was, uh, was it like 15 of the 22 Penn state players moved up in the industry ranking? I believe it was uh, when it was just updated. And that points to how well the staff has evaluated uh, over the last, uh, you know, over throughout this whole class. So, and I still think other guys are going to keep moving up as well um, as we progress here. Of course, we got a lot of, camp times you know shuttle times and 40 times and got to see a lot of stuff over the last spring and 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 yeah. penn state has seen that from the film and doing their own evaluations and now you're seeing it publicly you know on these kinds of sites how much um so all that testing information is incredibly important and and this is kind of what i'm trying to balance in my mind of Camp season, a guy like Ethan Grunkmeyer, we talk about how well he did during camp season and how Charles Power talks about how he wants to see more on the football field. How do you balance that kind of in your mind of, okay, great, shorts and t-shirts, we got all that information, we needed that information, but then how does all this project to football? How much, because this is the same conversation we have in the NFL draft of, you know, the combine is great, but football is the most important thing. When it's high school football, how do you, how do you balance all that when you're going out to watch these guys live? Well, I mean, to, to look, one, well, I'm, I'm not a scout, right? So I'm not going to try and overanalyze it. I mean, to me, like, I just, I just want to see good mechanics. So, like, I, it depends on the position. Like, it camp, in camp settings, like running back, linebacker, like, you know, we'll talk about it in our write ups, but like, it really doesn't mean anything to me, right? Like, there's so many things that you, <laughs> when you're a linebacker, you need to know how to read guards, you need to know how to read formations. Like, you're not getting that in camp settings, but, you know, quarterback, wide receiver, defensive backs, like that's where you can really get something out of camps. And, you know, look, there's so many things that Grunkmeyer needs to improve on, just like there's so many things Allen needs to improve on, Perbula needs to improve on. It's quarterback, right? You're never going to yep. be perfect. Yep. But taking away their mechanics and, and those fundamentals, like that's that, that to me is just – I'm not going to say just as important as what he does this season because he needs to get better, obviously, and reading defenses and things like that. But, but just knowing he has that base – Yep. which then he's going to come in and work with Mike Yurchich and, you know, Danny O'Brien, all these other guys here who are going to help him get better. You got the quarterback lab here, all the little things that he doesn't have at his high school. Yeah. Um, you know, that should, that should help translate uh, to success on the field. So to me, I, I, again, it always just depends on the position, but, you know, really taking away his, how good of a fundamental base Grunkmeyer has. I mean, that, that to me is, is, I don't want, I don't want to say it's more important, but it, it's like kind of 50, 50 in my eyes. I, I don't think, 
you know, I, I did a similar article. We were, we were kind of on the same wavelength last week talking about the class of 2024 and like the, the strengths of this group, Ethan Grunkmeyer, if he's as good as we think he can be, I mean, he is a singular person in this class that creates an entire group strength. And it's all based on the fact that his, his fundamentals, as you mentioned, the base of playing the position is the best I've seen of a Penn State quarterback. His ability mm -hmm. to repeatedly be accurate on the move, in the pocket, consistency. And it, not that he's perfect, but he's just really, 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 really good. Yeah. They're, you know, better than any other player I've seen come to Penn State. And I, there's no qualifications there. Like, he is advanced from what Drew Aller was. That's an area Aller is continuing to work on is those basics and, and fundamentals. Um, and he is a similar arm strength, not as strong, but then when you put it all together this fall, that's really what I'm, I'm wondering in the conversation here is like, that is something that might make him go up in, in the rankings even further, just because like, it is so important. Those things are, are so important to playing the position. Uh, David says, don't uh, do cold weather games, but Ford Field uh, makes Michigan State interesting. Um, I don't know if you guys have thought about this yet and bringing in um, Sean Fitz here to the show. With this Michigan State game, how does that change recruiting in that final game? Does it change it at all? Have you guys like talked to or thought about any of this yet? Because Dave brings up a good point about that final game being in, an, in a uh, neutral location for 2020. Uh, 2020 Michigan State can host recruits. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really change at all. I mean, it's still a home game for Michigan State, I believe. Yeah. So they can host recruits. It The logistics are different, obviously. They're going to have to bring in Detroit City kids mostly, I would think. Thanksgiving weekend is very hit and miss in terms of traveling. Like the, there are some, some younger guys that usually pop up at that time. We saw Liam Andrews come for the uh, Michigan state game last year. So like a class ahead. Uh, so like, I don't think it changes all that much. Um, but uh, that's all in Michigan state. If, if it was a true neutral site game, they could do a few things, get some waivers and stuff like that. But this is uh, this is all in Michigan state's court. So from a recruiting that's aspect, it. it doesn't change things from a game aspect. You're jumping for joy if you're Penn State. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's kind of kind of how that has worked in East Lansing in the last decade. Uh, we have uh, another sponsor back. Speaking of the 2023 season, I'm very excited for this, and you should be as well. Have you been looking for a reliable source of Penn State football tickets? Jim at TixmanJim.com. He's back, baby. He's back here on the show, formerly PSUTixman.com. Uh, He's been running his ticket exchange in Wilmington, Delaware for over 25 years. Every buyer is handled with courtesy and respect, and every ticket purchased is guaranteed. Most every ticket is transferred to your Ticketmaster email address, and proceeds are used to fund the PSU AA Chapter Scholarship Fund and the PSU Levi Lamb Fund for athletic scholarships. Get your home opener West Virginia tickets, Iowa whiteout tickets, homecoming UMass tickets. The whole season is ahead of us. Michigan Stripe Out tickets. How about that? Homecoming games, all of it, all the home games. Go to www.ticksmanjim.com or email jim at ticksmanjim at gmail.com or call him 302-521-8380. That's 302-521-8380. Super happy to have Ticksman Jim back here on the show for our uh, recruiting show heading into the season. So make sure you check him out. Uh, also excited to have Fitz here on the show because we've got a lot of conversation to go through when it comes to the upcoming stuff that might be happening. T.A. Cunningham put out his top five earlier this week. He's going to be deciding this Saturday between Miami, Michigan, Oklahoma, Penn State, and Texas A&M. So Fitz, lead us off. This is something you've been following closely. So where are we going with T.A. Cunningham? I thought you were going to set me up to talk bird dogs because I'm all about those right now. Uh, T.A. Cunningham, <laughs> of course, uh, traveling man from Georgia to California, back to Florida. Weird recruitment in the sense that he took one official visit in June. That was to Penn State. This is a guy that was projected as a future five-star back when he was a freshman and sophomore. Has not turned out that way. I think uh, some of the movement has stunted his growth. He was unable to play in California for a big stretch of his junior season due to some, uh, you know, I guess people thought that the, the move was completely NIL related. Uh, you know, it was, it was a whole mess to be honest with you. I remember Ryan and I talked about it, kind of put it in the back burner because we just thought that this guy was, you know, really good and Penn state would be a team on the periphery of this recruitment, but uh, it has not turned out that way. 
very, very hard to say who is pushing for, for T.A. Cunningham right now. Penn State is one of those schools that would take him. So I put in a pick uh, this week on the uh, on three RPM in favor of the Nittany Lions. I mean, you look at it with all these kids visiting all these places in June for this guy to be as high profile as he is and only take that official visit to Penn State kind of says something there. So I think mm-hmm. it's uh it's an interesting recruitment. I'm not sure if there the, there's twists and turns left to be done. Um, he's set to announce on July 22nd. He put out last week uh, with on three. So I, I think this one's trending Penn State's direction, put in the pick this weekend. And uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, that's what you're looking at. It's a really interesting defensive line class. Um, they missed out on Benedict Ume, David Polly Polly uh, in, in July. And that those two stung, no doubt about it. Um, but they had plenty on the board. There's a lot of guys out there. T.A. Cunningham. I saw some people in the chat asking about Nigel Smith. That's one I think that's going to go into the fall. Um, Penn State, obviously, it would. I, I would. I would be stunned if he ended ended up at Penn State. Legitimate interest. Don't get me wrong. Legitimate interest uh, on Nigel Smith's end. But at the same time, Oklahoma's there. Texas is there. The schools that are right in his backyard are pushing for him. So um, defensive line still coming along there. Um, but uh, T.A. Cunningham looks like could be one of the next chips to fall for the Nittany Lions. How do you view that storyline of uh, T.A. Cunningham being so highly regarded? Obviously, size is a big factor. You know, massive six foot six individual. Um, is this Penn State? seeing the value in other one of their under, you know, I think underappreciated evaluations that they're sticking with him through this whole transition process, or is this, you know, we learned more about T.A. Cunningham and then things progressed the way they did. How, how do you, I guess, view what you see from uh, from him? Because it is split. Some Penn State fans are super excited. They think he is a five-star, and then others are saying, okay, wait, why is, you know, kind of the whole thing of why is nobody else interested the same way Penn State is? So how do you view it? I think the optimism stems from the early film. Like when he was a young kid, there was there was something there. There's a reason he was that that uh, high in the rankings. I uh, was standing there during his official visit when uh, T.A. and his brother T.K. walked by. These are massive human beings. Like T.A. is huge. I mean, 6'6 six, six plus, 6'6 uh, six, six mm-hmm. plus, I think it was, six, 275, six big six, guy. Six T.K. Right. might even be even bigger than that as I trip over my words, I apologize. Um, but I'm, I'm a big guy and I, I don't get, you know, taken aback by largeness as much as some people, but those are large individuals right there. So hi Ryan. Uh, but, uh, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I think there's, there's promising aspects of his game just hasn't developed the way that you think he would. So I think that that, that, that is where the optimism has come from. Maybe you can recapture that, get him into the yeah. right structure, get him, in one place for more than a year. He was at two schools in Georgia, a school in California. He's going to Miami Central this year. So he's been moving around a lot. So maybe some stability is what he needs. But that, those are the things that you, you know, uh, there's that whole, uh, the dating analogy of I can change him. You know, I can, I can be the one, you know, that that's what you got to, that's what you got to circle here at yep. Penn State is yep. that you can capture what looked to be a promising prospect a couple of years ago Maybe he's not that same guy right now, but you get him in your program, maybe he'll flourish. And in this age, with the transfer portal being what it is, if if he doesn't, then you, you, you're probably not losing that much. So maybe this is a conversation uh, three or four years ago where you have to put your foot down and say that this isn't a guy that you take. But with the numbers expanding, you're no longer you know capped at 25 with those numbers expanding, you have the opportunity to take some flyers. And, and it's funny because everyone's going to look at that profile and see Four stars at on three, four stars at 24-7, four stars at ESPN, four stars at Rivals. So an industry consensus four star, but the industry consensus doesn't exactly line up with how the college coaching consensus yeah. uh, ry- uh, rhymes with uh, with Cunningham here. So I think that's that's where you're looking at, and that's where you start to get skeptical as to whether or not this 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 happens. If they get Benedict Dume or Polly Polly, is Cunningham an option? I don't know. Uh, that That's the reason I didn't put a pick in coming off of his official visit, just because you didn't know which direction that would go. This isn't a guy in your backyard that you kind of have to, uh, you know, approach a little bit differently. So I think there's um, there's there's definitely um, aspects of this that you can look at and say, well, maybe maybe this is a is an interesting take by Penn State, but you can balance that out. It's recruiting. This guy's going to continue to develop, get stronger yeah. and things like that. So maybe at the end of the day, if you miss you miss very big at six, six and a half two seventy five. <laughs> so I think that yeah. that's that's the way to go. And 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 I was having this conversation on our board at blueitillustrate.com about 
uh, you know, the, the, maybe the, the apprehension to take a Cunningham, but I think you take him because there are these promising things that, that, that could yeah. shine through. Not he's not just big either. Right. So he's What's not, that? he's not just big. He's also got a good first step. He's got some other things about him that, that are what made him a five-star originally the, 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 all the clay to mold is there. Uh, Rick asked this question of, is 6'6 too tall? I, no, 6'6. If you are 6'6 and you can move, that is ideal. That is exactly yeah. where you want to be as a defensive tackle. Now, uh, some of the things I've seen from him on film, just watching a little bit, um, you, uh, we talked about this, Fitz, with Malachi Williams, of some of the things you saw made you, you think, like, okay, he takes coaching well, he's paying attention, he's got an idea of what he's supposed to be doing. Cunningham, despite his size, is also a project player because of all the things you just said of, like, he maybe is behind the, the 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 curve in terms of what he's supposed to be doing, how he's supposed to be doing it. All that size doesn't always show up. He does a good job uh, of taking on double teams, but that's not necessarily what Penn State's going to want him to do. They're going to want him to be active and aggressive, and you see a lot of thinking on film. So if you can correct that and you can get him to play with that good first step, length and size, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a worthy thing if you don't have an Ume or – you know, we'll find out what happens with Liam Andrews or Polly Polly. Like, if, if you've got room in your class for a guy like this, absolutely take him. It's just, again, on a different scale from Xavier Gilliam, maybe, he's uh, similarly a project player that's going to take a couple of years to find out what you have there. Um, this is uh, the other thing I want to get to here. I apologize. Looking at what we got here on the rundown, Liam Andrews. Speaking of Liam Andrews, uh, the update is that there is no update just yet. So I'm going to ask a couple of dumb questions to get some good answers from our experts here. So dumb question number one to start us off. Is it better or worse for Penn State the longer this drags out fits? Uh, I would say worse. Uh, okay. I mean, I think it's uh, a situation where I thought Penn State was in a really good spot coming out of his official visit and like to the point where it was going to go over the edge there. Um, but he went out and checked out, checked out South Carolina, really like South Carolina. Um, and uh you know, that's one of those things where you go check them out and that if that sticks longer in your head, then it gives more of an opportunity. It, you know, it, it's usually better. And this is a case by case basis, recruiting, et cetera, but usually better when you're the leader for it to wrap up sooner. So that's the way I would say if it if it drags out longer, um, which I'm not sure it's going to, but it's, if it drags out longer, then uh, it's it's I would think not a great thing for Penn State. So the second dumb question here is we just got done talking about T.A. Cunningham and, and the pick in for him. Are these two things related? The longer this is gone and Penn State being seemingly all in on T.A. Cunningham? No, I don't think they're related at all. Uh, I think that Cunningham would be more related to Ume and Polly Polly, as we mentioned beforehand. Um, so I think that that's where, it, that's where it goes. And again, James Franklin is going to throw numbers at both lines. Like that's what he does. He does not he I'll say he rarely turns away guys uh, on either side of the line. I'm sure somebody can find an exception there, but rarely turns those guys away um, if they fit this sort of plus one mentality type thing. I mean, I, they're, they're personally now Rick on in the chat. No, no, you're, you're twisting my words there. Don't, don't say that. Um, I did not say that they're possibly trending away. No T Frank asked me a question. T Frank asked me a question and I answered the question anyway. Um, going back to uh, the Cunningham thing, no, I think it's related to uh, more to Ume and Polly Polly. Like I said, if they're in this class, do things change? Probably, um, but mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of it's kind of where we're at with that. I think Andrews is his own recruitment. He's been very quiet, uh, not just with media, but like doesn't want to be bothered by coaches. I get it. Like that's uh, that's kind of how he's handled this whole thing, and that's where we find ourselves here in the middle of June. Uh, so then the last thing is just for both of you guys, Ryan, if you want to jump in here, are you surprised this has gone uh, on as long as we've talked about? Because you you talked about his his need to enroll early and like a, a senior project he's got to do and kind of making all those decisions. Are you surprised yeah. that it has gone this far into July now that we're on July 17th? Yeah, well, in mid-June, the talk was he had to make a decision to start the senior project. Then we did that interview with him after the after his official visit. And he said that his school was going to allow him to start the senior project without informing him of the decision. So, you know, so obviously he gets to draw this out a little bit longer, which is good for him. Think things through, which is the right thing, right? I mean, if you're not ready, don't force it just because you got to start a hundred hour community service project. Right. I mean, I think like the school, everybody, and I think everybody watching this would agree, like that's the right thing for, for a high school kid. Um, 
but yeah, so I mean, I, I at the same time, if you would have asked me July one, uh, you know, do you think this recruitment will go past July 15? I, I probably would have said no. So we'll see. You know, there's I've definitely heard talk that this week could be the week, but I feel like I've heard that before. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> I have I been on yeah. I've been on on uh, video watch on breaking news video watch for two weeks yeah. now. So this is entirely a selfish question of like, what is going on? <laughs> I mean, I don't think even Penn State, I mean, I'm not saying Penn State doesn't know. Obviously, they're they're in touch with them way more than we are. But it, it, again, like we talked last week, like this is definitely a situation where, you know, he's made it very clear to coaches that, uh, you know, just bugging me every day, sending texts every day, talking to me every day. Like, it's not going to help you at this point. You know, he wants time to think things through. He's got to do this project and all. I mean, he's got to, he, he's actually like really busy right now. Like he's doing, like, he gets to 100 hours community service, you know, big like, all this other stuff. Like this isn't, this isn't the senior project that I did, you know, coming out of central Boston. <laughs> like this yeah. is way more complicated uh, than anything that I did when I was in high school. So um, yeah. So, I mean, he's just really busy right now. I, I, I don't think he's talking to coaches every single day and, and all those things. So is there communication? Yes. I'm sure Penn State's talking to his family more, you know, probably than Liam. Liam's made it clear. He wants to be kind of left alone, but uh, it's definitely, quiet uh quieter on you know the the coaching and recruit end than a lot of other recruitments at the moment so as always subscribe to bluewhiteillustrated.com to get any updates that happen because we're gonna have that information over the blue white illustrated message board and in premium content from fitz and from uh ryan here well before you're gonna get it anywhere else so subscribe right now to bluewhiteillustrated.com to get that information and while you're at it uh subscribe here to the youtube channel for free and uh make sure that when that information does hit the youtube channel on our breaking news you are a part of the celebration here on the youtube channel during our breaking news videos and if you're watching at this point you've sat through my awkward bird dogs video you sat through my awkward transitions as i forgot where i was in the place you like the show is what i'm trying to say even if despite me so please like the video. It would be very helpful for these two gentlemen uh, and all the good work that they do. Last thing we're going to get to today, have some fun with a topic that you guys have been doing over at uh, the website that I, I've thoroughly enjoyed watching and reading along with everybody else. And that's um, your, your recruiting kind of look back. Everyone loves to bring up names of guys from the past. And you've done guys that didn't live up to your expectations in Penn State recruiting. And then the one recently was who exceeded your expectations. And because we are overwhelmingly positive people that like to look at the bright side of life. I want to go through this one here on the show. So um, Fitz, let's start with you. Who was a player that exceeded your expectations uh, for Penn State football and performed better than you thought he would? Well, first off, these ask arounds, are, they're fun. They're, they give us a chance to be a little lighter um, and uh, still uh, reflect on some things like that. I know the, um, the uh, exceeded expectations was very popular on the board. This one also, or excuse me, the, uh, the ones we missed was very popular on the board. This one exceeded expectations was good. Joey Porter Jr. was a guy that I thought was solid. Um, I liked Keaton Ellis better. I, I'll be honest with you up front um, that, you know, he's right in my backyard. So that probably played into that. Uh, Joey was a, a project in my eyes, uh, 6'2 plus, um, thought he was like a 4'6 guy um, or something like that. The film was was solid, just okay. Um, and I thought there was a chance that he might. So his dad went to Colorado State as a wide receiver, ended up being a linebacker. So I figured there was a chance that when Joey got to college, he would have a similar transformation, eventually be uh, an outside linebacker at Penn State. Maybe, maybe a safety, but also maybe an outside linebacker. So uh, I remember Steve Wilfong, my buddy at uh, 24-7, was adamant about having him as high as they did in the top 247 at the time. Um, so Steve got that one right. I got that one wrong. Joey, uh, and I've been a biggest fan of Joey as anybody since he was a redshirt freshman, popped onto the scene. And this guy came uh, not out of nowhere, but this guy was, uh, you were, we were talking about who's going to start, Keaton Ellis or Marquise Wilson, because they both played as freshmen. All of a yeah. sudden, Joey kind of lapsed both of those guys and uh, had the career that he had. And again, uh, because nobody really threw at him much this year, probably um, – didn't realize how how good of a player he was and Kalen King's really good too um so that that probably doesn't help him in that regard but number 32 pick to the Steelers yeah I missed that one I I wasn't sure that he was uh, a guy that was going to you know be a be a star be more than a star essentially is number 32 pick so I'm gonna go with Joey Porter um there there are guys that are on that line I mean this is not one of those things um and I said it a couple times in the thread not one of those things where you just pick a guy that was rated low and say he was he was great I mean you can take a guy that you thought was going to be good and he was 
you know, awesome to, uh, yeah. type things like that. So I went with Joey Porter. Um, there was a couple of guys later in the story that I highlighted that went elsewhere. I uh, was not high on Blake Corum. Uh, that was that was wrong. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, Jordan Addison came to yeah. camp and he was just a guy. And, uh, you know, first impressions matter in this business. Um, and you kind of stick with that sometimes. And that was dead wrong, big wrong, loud wrong on that one. So uh, everybody enjoys it when Ryan and I are wrong. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let him go next. Yeah, Ryan, what do you got? Well, Sean was like, well, I didn't want to pick a guy who was low. And then, you know, so of course I picked like the one of the lowest ever, right? And Journey Brown, uh, yeah. because Journey Brown was not like on the radar at all. I mean, he was, you know, he came for two visits, right? He came, he came for two like visits. Run, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he put up yeah. some crazy stats. But like, I mean, I wrote in mine, like I generally, the first time he visited Penn State, I forget the game. I, I had him on the walk-on list. There was, you know, 20, whatever it was, scholarship players and the next class scholarship players and then the walk-on list. And I had Journey Brown as a walk-on. And obviously he comes back for the Michigan State game. I remember it was a Michigan State game the end of that season when I was like, oh, wait, you know, he might not be a walk-on. They, you know, they were still sorting some things out at running back. And, uh, of course, then he comes for an official visit in January. And, you know, we, we, we know the story from there. But, uh, you know, he has some crazy stats. His offers were Decane, Syracuse, and Temple. You know, like usually somebody else would have seen them. And because he also had a 10 600 meter time, too. Like, yeah. what? Right. What? He flashed on film. You know, like yeah. I, I get everything you're saying, but he also, when you watch this film, you're like, oh, damn, that guy's fast. Yeah. It, there, there were the he's also running away from us, basically. Yes. On there. So yes. that didn't help him. <laughs> right. Right. And I mean, like, I was. I was going through when I was writing this the other day. I was going to list some of the schools that they play, but I didn't want to be disrespectful of anybody. Anybody from those schools was reading at them, but like that was a big part. That was a big part. Yeah, it was T Frank schools, but um, but yeah, no, I mean, I just thought you know, as a guy, I, it's so unfortunate what happened, and I think he's like, isn't he with Team Trackhouse like doing pit crew stuff now? I think uh, I thought mm -hmm. we saw a video on that earlier this year. I hope that really works out for him, and uh, he finds a way to stay competitive and all those different things because. Man, that that Cotton Bowl performance. I mean, how many awesome Penn State running back performances have we seen over the years? And that Cotton Bowl one, you know, I, I don't know if it's as good as some of the Rose Bowl things and all that, but I mean, it's that that one stacks right up there with with some of the really fun performances. Obviously, Michael Parsons in that game will always overshadow everything, but yeah. but that was a, that was a really fun way for him to go out. And you know, obviously at the time we didn't know that was going to be his last game, which which really stunk. But uh, just two other guys, real quick, I got to mention. You know, Jesse Lucetta, which is interesting, and it was really just because of his size, and I, I kind of always was wondering about him with linebacker. And, uh, like, Jesse's, like, the nicest person in the world. And so, like, it was always – I was always kind of quiet about it because I didn't want to be – like, Jesse, literally, I mean, Sean, like, can you name a nicer recruit, like, through the process? Like, he, huh. Jesse's perfect. <laughs> so, so that was always had me worried. But, you know, he finally gets moved to defensive end at the end, and I, and I thought you really saw, like, that's where he should have been playing. And, obviously, Penn State needed – holes to be filled at the time i understand why he didn't always play there but uh, i thought he really took off there and then obviously just will levis like i mean he was will levis will always had the size he had the arm at that camp but like did you think you were watching a, a top draft pick that day sean i didn't i didn't think i was i was necessarily watching that no i didn't think you were watching a top draft pick you were watching a guy that could throw the ball a mile um yeah. uh, we we were that, that was the camp where you know, I flipped the script on, and sorry, T Frank, flipped the script on Pat Fryermuth and, and Zach Koontz. I saw the two side by side and playing mm -hmm. together. And I was like, yeah, we got that one wrong. And I, yeah, anyway. But um, now that was, uh, uh, Levis had one of the more impressive workouts, but it's tough to tell like that day um, because, you know, there are guys that are, they're scouting there that, that know more than what we're looking at in terms of uh, what they're looking at for quarterback play. And he was, uh, he was awesome. And then, didn't I mean, and and to be to be honest with the the fanfare, I mean, you, you were talking Brandon Wimbush at that point, like you know everybody was Justin Fields. On. Justin Fields just decommitted. Yeah, oh. that was Justin Fields' class. That was Justin Fields' class. That's that was Justin I Fields. Was, yeah. yeah, I was a couple. It was just. I mean, everybody was like, "Oh my god, you know, we just lost on Justin Fields. Who's this guy?" You know, and, I mean, obviously, Will 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 went on to do some big things, not for Penn State. <laughs> yeah, but he did right. some big things. Whew, boy. So yeah, anyway, but, no, I didn't, I didn't quite see that one coming, especially after, you know, the 2020 season when, you know, he was, had an opportunity or they, yeah, they basically anyway, played we're, like we're a fullback. Gonna, we're not going to do Levis talk here. There's yeah, enough yeah. of that out there. And <laughs> he looks great now. I'm sorry, really sorry. He just got, he just got uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, in, in Tennessee. So there was that. I will say this with Ryan. I looked it up. Uh, Journey's first visit, 
2016 Ohio State. So you may have had a few other things on your plate at that point in terms of covering recruiting. So I'll, I'll let you slide on, on that one. He did come back for the Michigan State game. I mean, he had side. Like that, that's the other thing. When you play at a place like Meadville, like out there, um, you know, you might be incredibly productive, but also you may not have the size, the speed, you know, all that kind of stuff that, that matches up. And uh, Penn State had him at camp. He ran a 4-4 at camp, which I think – ended up running in the four threes at Penn state. So he got faster. So fast, but not like Ethan black ran a Ford, what four, two, six or something like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so you've got to have something elite and his numbers at that point, the, the hundred he had, he hadn't broken the 10, four, 300 or whatever it was at that point. So his numbers were great. Absolutely. But that stuff's going to work against you. Playing at Meadville is going to work against you. Somebody said in the thread, Brandon Smith um, at, at Lewisburg, playing in that area is going to work against you, where, you know, a lot of times if you're coming to Penn State from that area, you're probably a walk-on. So mm-hmm. I think that that's, that sort of uh, bias against those areas is tough to overcome. Uh, Meadville up there, you know, not quite eerie, but kind of eerie. Pitt got James Conner. It is the triangle eerie. of nothing. You know, yeah. it's between Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. And by the way, this is where I grew up. That's the joke I was making. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, clarify literally, that, clarify literally that. nothing there. It is the Bermuda Triangle of the Northeast. So you're not but playing it, anybody there. There are more cows than people. It's 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 college coaches not not wanting to scout that area, but like not believing it. Like it, yeah. you're going to have more exceptions than rules coming out of that area, and that's what they they lean back on. You know, some some great players out of that area, but they are few and far between. So. I, I think that that is something that was working against him at that point. Also, academics were not not great. Like, uh, you know, you can say it, say it up front. That's something that that may have dinged him uh, from a from a pit standpoint. From maybe Indiana goes up, Iowa recruits Erie. Like, you know, they've recruited Erie like crazy. They didn't, you know, go after him. So yeah. maybe that's something where you know you can be very very elite in that area, but that could just make you good in some other area. So that that's the balance that they have to, to try and figure out. By the way, um, Journey Brown, the way he ran by the time his final season rolled around, I, shades of Nick Singleton. Like, I think there's a similarity there of explosive speed and violence and, and tackle breaking. And he would have been an NFL running back without a doubt. And and that's the level of player he was by the end of his career. And to come from where we talked about him, just kind of a speed guy running away from everybody, to be that as a football player is an impressive transformation as well. The, the last uh, – I'll go last here – and I've got two. They're both tight ends. Zach Kuntz, uh, what Fitz was saying earlier, he's my pick because I just looked at him. And I'm like, oh, so they they recruited an antelope. Uh, I just I, th- I thought he was too tall. Like you could see he moves and he could run in a straight line, but when it comes to blocking and you know being a, an all around player, I just thought I, I don't know if he can do it. And obviously he didn't do it at Penn State, but drafted player with insane uh, athletic testing scores. So you know going on to the NFL, I think. To, did the Jets take him? Is that yes. who took him? In? Yeah, uh, that's a, a, a huge weapon in the NFL, vertical guy. Similarly, Theo Johnson, uh, I'm throwing in here because at first, you know, the Canadian football thing and watching him and seeing the frame and seeing, okay, yeah, this guy could be a complete tight end, but in terms of very straight line athlete, didn't see a lot of all of the complete stuff. And maybe it's taken a little bit longer for a guy when I know everyone's very high on Theo originally, um, he's he's making good on all of that promise. And, and there was a guy that I had some questions, can he actually get there? Um, so tight end, not my strength in evaluation, apparently. <laughs> I, I will pick out here from the chat. Someone here, here says Juice Scruggs. What a career, man. We don't talk yeah. enough about Juice Scruggs. Um, and I was insanely high on him coming out uh, of Erie. Um, but uh, it was one of those things. He redshirted his first year, and they, like, sit they said he could possibly start as a, as a redshirt freshman. And then of course the car accident happened. So like he was on that trajectory and then that car accident happened and for him to work back into that um, insane, like, and, and I think, um, I, I think Hunter knows that will be fine at center this year. Um, but you're going to miss what juice brought to the table leadership aspect from a uh, from just playing the game, being a being a bully in the middle there. Um, so one of the generally underappreciated guys, I think Juice Scruggs is it fits that list. And uh, I, I, it's it's so tough for me to say exceeded expectations because I, I thought, you know, he, he had the talent coming out. He was the best two way player in the yeah. state that year, uh, did great in the state playoffs and things like that. Uh, I think he <laughs> he went higher in the draft than anybody expected, like. It, yeah. That was yes. that was one of those things. Him, 
him and Brenton Strange, man, like uh, good for them. I'm really yeah. happy for them because both of those guys underappreciated players. Um, but to go in the second round, uh, that's pretty crazy. So um, good, good, good on those guys. Uh, Penn State will miss them this year in their own way. I think that, you know, uh, you can you can replace Strange with the talent that you have at uh, at uh, tight end center might take a little bit wa- a little bit longer just because of how high juice set that bar. What guys when we were doing this real quick, T-Fact, when we were doing this, I just want to make this real quick. When we were we were writing the shot, one guy that came to mind to me was was KJ, just because remember the injury and like mm-hmm. he he had really high expectations. KJ tears his ACL. Like he I think he dropped, I mean, I know he dropped him a three-star at like 24-7. Yeah, I think like Rivals was considering dropping him a three-star. Remember like those conversations? Like that injury, like I think everybody was like, Oh man, this is this is not this is terrible for him, you know, tearing his ACL, not gonna have his senior year. And then, you know, he, he hit the field pretty quick, too, when, when he got up here. And, you know, obviously he's, he's playing in the NFL one day. So just, again, I think he had that high ceiling. You know, then it kind of came back and people were worried about him. And then obviously he goes on to have the career that he has. So that was just one of the guys that kind of popped in my mind. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one as well. Uh, guys, awesome show today. Thanks for all of uh, all the insight. Thanks for the great conversation here. Love talking about some dudes here at the end of the show. So appreciate all your time. That does it today for our uh, recruiting show. Thanks again to Bird Dog and Tixman Jim for being sponsors here of the show. Go check them out at their respective websites. We'll be back tomorrow night. I want to make sure that we talked about this. I should have done this earlier in the show. Curtis Jacobs coming up tomorrow on the show. That'll be 7 p.m. on Tuesday. He's going to be talking to you, the Penn State fan. Me as well. We're going to have a conversation, but you're going to have a chance to ask a question uh, from Curtis and uh, interact with Penn State football starting linebacker here on the BWI Live show tomorrow, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Appreciate Curtis. He had a, a situation last week he, where he had to cancel on us uh, for Thursday and rescheduled immediately and very soon after that coming up on Tuesday night. Once again, Tuesday, 7 p.m., Curtis Jacobs joining the BWI Live show. So that's it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow. And uh, we'll talk to you then.